0: it's my absolute pleasure now to welcome to the show dr martin schlegel who's one of the most dynamic operators across the globe and it's it's actually fitting that as we're uh, talking now i can see behind martin's left shoulder a map of the world and it's amazing because martin's career has canvassed the map of the world from germany gone across uh now well in australia but i think incredibly so the fact that these qualifications out of the university of california business excellence blockchain artificial intelligence in australia even got a patent on artificial grass martin schlegel has covered it all is the program lead of the australian sports innovation center of excellence martin welcome to the show
1: thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure
0: it's great to have you on I, i want to talk you're in the engine room now of sports tech in Australia and driving it forward you've got a very exciting uh, pre-accelerator program with ASTN and also at GSIC out of Europe uh, can you tell me about this program and the reach of sports tech
1: yeah so it's, it's it's actually quite interesting so the pre-accelerator is is effectively our entry program into the what we call the pathway mm. within the ASTN so it's a it's in a sporting term we have this playbook how do we get a sports tech company that has an Australian inspired technology idea Mm. to actually go through and grow into a global company? Mm. And with with that idea, we started actually conceptualizing effectively entrepreneurial education based on best world practices, applied that to our sector and to Australia, obviously, And the pre-accelerator is effectively that entry point from where people and entrepreneurs and companies can grow, thrive, and become global.
0: Extraordinary. And and the fact that you are able to, all the expertise that you've accrued across the years, you're now able to instill in that next generation. And we have just wonderful Aussie startups that are walking the world stage and dominating. We had Nathan Rothschild on, on the first show. And, I mean, genius, what they've been able to do to become the world leader now in fan engagement. Are you seeing some real green shoots, Martin? Are you seeing this? there's real potential among the next up-and-coming generation of sports tech businesses in Australia?
1: Yeah. So we've seen a very interesting development over the last couple of years from an, from an ASTN perspective. And, and where it started out in Australia was really the on-field technology measuring athlete performance as they train and perform. Mm. But it has grown to so much more. And we've we've actually translated a lot of things from, from let's say a, a university background, sports management, sports science, training and conditioning and all of these kind of things into really the broader realm of sports business. So it's it's on-field elite sport and and performance improvements, injury prevention, all of those kind of things. But it's the business of sport, the entertainment side. And then on the other side, it's mass participation and active living. So the, the spectrum now that we see coming up across what we then consider nine verticals of sports technology is really, really broad. Mm. And, and you you indicated with some of the companies that you highlighted, it's no longer only in those on the field technologies it goes now much much broader
0: it is amazing the growth i want to talk to you a bit of a crystal ball gazing i mean you've been someone who has really mastered innovation for such a long time across the world where do you see it going next you know the role as i said you know your qualifications out of the university of california in blockchain in artificial intelligence uh, speaking with Laura Anderson last week on the show, who's a visionary as well, uh, about the future role of you know this sort of uh, machine learning and, and the, the role that the machine technology and the balance that it will play as we move forward, um, talking even out of space sort of technology. Uh, where do you see it going, Martin?
1: Yeah, so I probably take a little bit of a different approach here. Number one is I see technology as an enabler. It's sort of like that flywheel mm. that we will need when we'll want to scale. Mm. So if you if you park technology for a for a minute, and you actually go back to what is it uh, that that we want to accomplish with using technology, there's a there's I think a couple of things that that come out of that and which makes sport interesting. First of all, we're looking at can technology replace what we currently do in an manual way. Mm that goes across a number of technologies. So that's number one. Number two is, can it actually replace things we're currently doing and create completely different ways of getting things done? Mm. Because that then opens up the, the sort of translating out of other sectors into sports and vice versa, which makes it really interesting because sport deals with athletes of all abilities. Mm. And if you think about it in that way, Like, And you look at the adjacencies, like what other sectors, be it analytics, be it advanced materials, where I'm coming from, be it sensors and devices, be it medical, be it uh, even then you get into obviously artificial intelligence, blockchain, IoT devices and things like that. What can we translate from other sectors that we can use in sport, link that to a business benefit or an outcome Mm. and then deploy it? That's, I think, is the... Is probably the biggest challenge or the biggest task at the moment. And then once you've done that and you generated where the, where the value can be uh, sort of identified, then you look at what's the best technology to actually accelerate that. Interesting.
0: Well, you, you it's i find it very interesting you you mention medical there and obviously with the, the events of the last 2 years or so we've become even more health conscious and and we're, there's such an imperative on on having you know robust health systems and and there is that that beautiful sort of symmetry between sport and health Um, Some wonderful work that uh, Alerte Equine Science are doing in terms of, you know, we're looking at the health of horses. Um, Also, out of the Alfred Hospital, some world-leading research being done when it comes to concussion. In terms of the medical and health field, what, what do you see as the future in some tangible sort of things? What could we see?
1: Yeah, it's interesting that sport can actually translate to... I mean, the from sport to fitness, mm. then to wellness, and then you make the next step into health. So there's a there's a knowledge transfer, as I call yeah. it. Yeah. And what is interesting about sport is if you if you take the two extremes, sport and health. Mm. Health is a, an, an industry area with a high barrier of entry. If you think about like approvals that you need and checks and balances and all of these kind of things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to get checked off and and double checked and crossed off and maybe even get a government approval, be it uh, therapeutic goods uh, uh, authorities Mm -hmm. or FDA in the US. So there's a lot of checks and balances in that sport on the other side is lower barrier to entry. So what I think can happen is that you validate something in sport, Mm -hmm. show that it works. And then actually translate that out into into these sectors, going going upstream or going up value. Yeah. And now the interesting part is, this is it's almost like a, a philosophical question: yeah. Do we do we are we going to see more companies out of sports tech effectively entering up the value chain into health? like we've seen a number of Australian companies already do. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about the companies that, that started out with hamstring testing on athletes, on the AFL athletes, mm-hmm. yeah, that can be deployed in rehab and, 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 and when people have injuries and come back or knee injuries and stuff like that, it's not only isolated to sport. Mm-hmm. So people can go up the value chain, as I say, or up the curve. Mm-hmm. But there's also an interesting part, will there be, medical companies that are going to come down from that and going to enter mainstream and actually going to compete in sport. Ah,
0: And do you see that? I mean, that seems to make sense. I mean, sport keeps growing. It just keeps growing. So do you see that, as you say, the the medical actually will start to transfer into sport because it is such a ripe area for growth?
1: Yes, and and we've seen this. Okay, if you think about this, the professional teams always had a physician on staff. Yeah. So they have always done blood testing, this and that. And here's where the technology part comes Mm. in. If we don't have to, like with these so-called non-invasive methods of measuring something, instead of having an athlete do their drills and stuff like that, and then going into the lab and and getting getting cut open and examined and and stuff like that, there is the thing of using technology, stick a sensor or something non-invasive onto that athlete, Measure what they do, but then use that feedback loop through through the medical yeah. to actually uh, improve performance. So that's where I'm thinking these kind of these kind of things are going to be be really really interesting to to observe, yeah. in into the future. And 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 by the way, I actually think that this might also be something for our companies to think about in terms of an exit strategy. Okay, because. Think about it. If you validate something in sport and then somebody else with deeper pockets pockets, identifies that as an opportunity in their sector, be it medical Mm -hmm. or whatever, they could actually acquire that company and then and then take that company to a completely different level. Mm. So there's sort of like a like a big idea pathway type of thing, even beyond sport yeah. that I can see, which which really excites me for some of the companies. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and it's funny because we relate it back to a little bit of you know I know you have a great interest in blockchain. Rob Gronkowski, who's of course one of the NFL luminaries, uh, doing a deal. Oh, it was a little bit earlier this year, whereby his health information will be um, uh, accrued and then will be delivered via a blockchain technology, and there'll be a direct linkage to a, a food supplier that will then deliver him uh, nutrition based on those needs. So you're seeing a you know a pro athlete um, engaging in this sort of activity. Uh, do you see even more growth in this blockchain space?
1: Yeah, so the blockchain is an interesting thing because right now, I mean, there's, there's certain topics within blockchain that are really really hot mm. like i mean at first when people talked about blockchain everybody was thinking of cryptocurrencies yeah, yeah? yeah. now we we have this phenomenon of tokens yeah, yeah? so uh, people are thinking about that but but effectively what uh, the blockchain is a distributed ledger yeah in 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 essence mm. so if you think about where do we have processes that require sort of like uh, non-centralized aggregation of data and events to be recorded, Mm -hmm. and you you apply that concept, then you can think about where can you use that? So, for instance, what if you tracked um, the, the, and and this is, I think, where where the blockchain will evolve to, Mm Because you asked me, sort of like speculate a little bit, and then yeah, <laughs> totally, please take the take take the concept of the Internet of Things, the IoT. Mm-hmm. Combine that with blockchain, distributed uh, data uh, points. Mm-hmm. If we could link all of these things from from an IoT sensor point of view, data generation, and then securely transmit that through a blockchain, mm-hmm. yeah, we could actually record the data of athletes with, in the back of our mind, with the security uh, um, consciousness of, hey, we're recording personalized health data in effect. How do we need to secure that? Because I tell you, GDPR and the uh, California uh, Consumer uh, Protection Act the CCPA will actually come in one form or another. I think it's called CDR consumer data rights to Australia. So sport organizations that are recording data from athletes have to think about privacy, security, yeah. cybersecurity, all of these kind of things. And the last point to that is, I think, I think there's something in here because even FIFA now says, and in Europe, the, I mean, the EPL players talked about who actually owns the data. Yeah. So is it the player? Is it the club? And, and all of these kind of things. So, it's going to be interesting it
0: certainly is and even in that space we've seen the a c cracking down in recent times on on big tech in terms of uh, data and the usage of uh, consumers data in this country so we are seeing a greater consciousness from the public and also from uh, lawmakers and and authoritative bodies in terms of the policing of that so i think that's something yeah, you hit on a great point there in terms of the security um karma armani who's our u.s correspondent on the show brought us a great story a couple of weeks ago of the nfl getting into this nft space the non-fungible tokens and and they're going to be providing some beautiful things with dapper labs Uh, dapper labs have already got great deals with the nba and also uh signed up recently with the ufc um What about in terms of some of these Aussie businesses on your radar? Are you seeing any that are getting into this uh, non-fungible token space? Or or would you encourage, you know, some people listening to this that are thinking, gee, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind giving it a crack. What do you see for the future for Aussie inventors in this area?
1: Yeah, I think for for the Australian companies and the Australian founder, the the most important thing I come back to is, have you identified a problem in the market Mm. that people deeply care or customers deeply care about and how are you going to use technology to leverage or solve that problem? Mm. Um, Because I I, I think it's, it's, and and we keep talking about that within the ASTN a, a number of times, Let's start solving these really, really big problems. So it, it, it goes about this customer understanding first before you even start about uh, what technology might be appropriate or wh- where to go. But I mean, look, we're seeing all of these things uh, coming to fruition now. I mean, using like, for instance, in, in, in our current program, there's there's people who 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 use blockchain um, from an ESG point of view, um, environmental um sustainability and governance point of view to track certain things. Um, there's other technologies that we're now seeing. AI, we have we've seen that in, in vision recognition and, and, and um identifying certain elements in, in video feeds and stuff like that. So we see all of this happening. Um and I, I think Australia is a good place to actually try all of these things because we're we're effectively a sports man- nation yeah, right. and and um it's sort of like even in a and it, it, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the regulatory sort of circumstances. I think Australia is a, is a good re- what, what people call a regulatory sandbox yeah. Let's try certain things <laughs> on our small scale, yeah. work out the kings and then go to the world
0: yeah. It makes sense to me. You know, if I was an Aussie startup, if I had any ability to do it, I'd start non fungible tokens and have it IPL centric and, and just shape it beautifully towards the Indian marketplace where Karthik Gandamandra is gonna be on the show in a couple of weeks time um, from tiding Global Sports in Hyderabad. And, um, you know, just a great passion for cricket. I mean, it's extraordinary in India. It's just, you, oh, I love it. Um, yeah, non-fungible tokens in the cricket space. Yeah, if you're an Aussie startup listening, just get into that, I'd say. But anyway, sure. I, um, before we go, I wanna talk about a really amazing deal that uh, ASTN has done with the Victorian government four million dollars worth, and and it's due recognition because I mean you know you guys have created or helped to to foster a one point two billion dollar industry in this country, um, the Australian Sports Innovation Centre of Excellence, you're you're heading up the program, what do you see for people listening to this? What can you help deliver to them?
1: Yeah, so the the. The center will, for the first time, actually bundle all of the ASTN activities under under one physical location. So we, we'll start out with the startup support services, and that obviously will continue to be delivered in partnership with the Victorian uh, startup agency called LaunchVic, mm-hmm. and now also with uh, in collaboration with the Queensland uh, government. And then on the far side, the ASTN has always done the export ready, export acceleration, business matching, and and trade missions, mm. but it's all these things in between that will now actually be really concentrated in that hub in in Cremorne, which is identified uh, by the Victorian government as that uh, digital hub yeah. of of Victoria, and this is interesting because it will it will enable the ASTN to actually once we can get back to the office obviously have a co-working space um we have an inbound landing pad in in uh, as an idea there so that we can actually get our colleagues from overseas to actually join us on on short stints or come Mm -hmm. and, and work with us we obviously will be able to run events once we can get back together out of that out of that space but there's there's more in terms of other collaborative activities that we are we are bringing together. So, um, as part of the centre, we, we try to group all of the stakeholders, um, and have recently just appointed an industry advisory council. Yes, and one of the person, um, obviously amongst a number of of, of highly highly distinguished um, industry well or, or stakeholders. Is is Professor Henry Chesper from from UC Berkeley. Mm. So the idea of can we use the center to actually start collaborating between startups, sporting organisations, and even corporates, mm. I think is going to be something quite new to Australia. I I, I dare to say it because because everybody has spoken about um, this type of collaboration, but it hasn't been. There have been probably projects people have been working Mm. on, but what we want to try to do is to do it more systematically and and on on a wider scale in our sector, obviously.
0: Well, that's the thing. And Australians, we always punch above our weight. You just have to look at the Olympic Games for that. You know, Aussies are driven innovative um, and incredibly good when it comes to performing when it matters most. And, you know, on this show, we've got uh, Sheikh Jalal from Game Face. You know, I mean, what they've been able to achieve, you know, the deal with Slinger Bags uh, 30 mil. Thank you very much. Um, Nathan Rothschild, we mentioned a little earlier there. He's the go-to for fan engagement for the NFL, the biggest competition in the world. It is amazing. And the role that you, Martin, and James, John, John and the whole team at ASTN play in terms of harnessing this future, because this is the new world economics. You know, the fossil fuels are going out the door. This is where we're going to. This is the future, and you're helping to create it. Um, the deals you've done with the Victorian government and the Queensland government pertain so well as we head towards 2032 in Brisbane. Um, Dr. Martin Schlegel, I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.